Welcome to Neighbor to Neighbor, a podcast focused on highlighting extraordinary individuals and organizations making an impact in our community. Neighbor to Neighbor is produced by WeQ, a not-for-profit cooperative credit union based in Bellingham, Washington. Located downtown Bellingham on Bay Street is a unique storefront often overlooked by locals. The Spark Museum contains one of the best collections about electrical invention in the entire country. My name is Keith Mader, and on this episode of Neighbor to Neighbor, I speak with Abby Watley, the Director of Programs at the Spark Museum. So Abby, thanks for taking the time to join me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, so we are here, we're sitting in the Spark Museum, Mm -hmm. and um, just tell me about it. What do we have going on here? Yeah, so Spark Museum is in downtown Bellingham, um, and we are both a museum and an interactive space. So we have a world-class collection of early electrical history, basically, um, but throughout it, we have interactives interspersed. You can get really up close and personal with that history and kind of get that sense of like, oh, this is how you send a telegraph. This is how you make things fly with static electricity. Oh, this is what lightning looks like up close. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, it's a really special place, and it's definitely something that we're really happy to be have here in Bellingham. Great. Yeah, I know we had a chance to just walk around, and, and for me, actually, this is my first time being here, oh, so gosh. really, really cool. So yeah. what, what was somebody uh, experience when they come in here? So I know that there's like kind of a progression as you mm-hmm. walk through the door. What does that look like? Yeah, so we work really hard to sort of tell that story. So you really walk into what feels like kind of a not a storybook exactly, but you walk into this beginning of there's this stuff in the sky. What is it? It's loud. It's bright. What is it? What can we do with it? And we walk through that history all the way down to early TV and radio where we've taken all of these discoveries about static electricity and electromagnetism and we've developed ways to communicate and ways to work and ways to you know, entertain ourselves using this incredible force that just exists in nature that before then we didn't even know about. So we kind of walk you through that story and get you really kind of involved in it with the interactives. Yeah, yeah, and on our little tour that we just did, um, it's really cool to just see it's like, like you mentioned, it's like, okay, Benjamin Franklin, key on a kite, mm-hmm. what is this stuff? Okay, there's some static, okay, that's that's something. And it just, it's really good at breaking it down, just kind mm-hmm. of s- slowly saying, okay, this led to this, mm-hmm. led to this, and I think, just as I was going through, I think one of the coolest parts about it is I was like, man, I take for granted mm-hmm. all of this stuff and yeah. all of this advancement that's taken place. But this really pulls you back and says, here's what made this possible. Yeah, totally. we we do take our technology for granted. Like we walk around with little computers in our pockets. We don't care about how they work or where they came from. We just they just do. And this place sort of sets you back a little bit and says, no, this is really impressive and really incredible and really complicated. Um, And we also focus a lot on the concept of discovery. And so the great thing about this space is you can kind of find what interests you. If you're really interested in that, like there's this nature, stuff in nature, you can go play with that and you can stay engaged with that for a really long time. But if you're more interested in radio specifically, you can be here and engage with that for a really long time or you know, how light works. So we, we kind of love letting people discover what's interesting to them and then meet them where they're at and engage with them there. Yeah. I think another thing that kind of surprised me having not been here before was it's 
it's pretty extensive. There's <laughs> there's a lot of stuff here. I know that I've gone to museums in the past where it's like there's one exhibit and then there's like 30 feet of open space and then the next yeah. thing. But no, this thing is like chock full of interesting things. Yeah, that's that part of it is definitely a blessing or a curse, right? Because if you have too much on display, people kind of don't know what to look at. But the other thing is it really is impressive what we have. And it's really important that people get that sense of how grand and how great this collection really is and so you're right there's a lot on display and we do our best to make sure you are able to find the things you really need to see um we have a visitor's guide when you come in that sort of highlights those things um but yeah it is definitely extensive um and in that sense it is a one-of-a-kind collection like you won't find this extensive of a collection anywhere else so you know on the on the topic of just having a lot of stuff and I mean as we we're walking through you can you can talk about some of the rare things that are really really cool to the to the as you said the narrative of mm-hmm. electricity and how that all kind of came to be but like where did all of this stuff come from yeah definitely so that's a really common question we get um, so spark museum itself is a nonprofit um, but the collection itself is still privately owned by um, two men who live here in town And over their lives, they have collected this stuff. Both of them, basically since they were teenagers, have been interested and have sought out these key pieces to tell this story. Um, And then in the early, late 90s, early 2000s, they kind of joined forces, saw that they had this capacity to tell this amazing story. And they started this museum and here we are. Um, So it's come from, the the individual items have come from all over the world. Um, as we've sought to find those really important pieces to tell the story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think one thing that that really stuck out to me was you're saying, um, you know, this thing over here, there's only three of them in the whole world, (laughs) and we have one of them. Mm -hmm. And this thing over here, like, this is the original piece. And those are rare items. Yeah, definitely. That's something that is really unique about Spark. Um, A lot of times you go to a museum and, you know, a good example is like a dinosaur exhibit and people get so excited because they're like oh i could see dinosaur bones you're not usually seeing dinosaur bones you're you're seeing casts of those dinosaur bones and that's something that is really unique about this place is when you come here everything here is authentic everything here is from the era and it's and it includes things touched by you know edison himself you know things built by alexander graham bell himself things you know we have also a rare book collection which you don't have on display right now but you know Benjamin Franklin's notebook, for example, like that kind of thing is here. Um, And so, you know, you won't find those things anywhere. And one of the examples you just referenced was one of Edison's light bulbs. He only made 60 um, in in his initial demonstration and there's three left and we have one of them. Um, So that's not something that you are likely to find anywhere else you go, even if it's you know, one of the world-renowned exhibits on this kind of thing that's not likely to be there. Yeah. And we have it here in Bellingham. <laughs> so crazy. Like, what? Bellingham? Of all... Yeah, so yeah. I guess um, that's an interesting topic. So I'm not aware. So obviously there's there's museums across the country that show similar type things. Mm-hmm. But, like, would you say that this museum is kind of one of the top museums as far as this type of um, exhibit in the country? Definitely, which is weird to say, because like you just said, it's like in Bellingham. Mm -hmm. But yes, um, you know, you will find other museums that are, you know, about radio or about electricity and that kind of thing. But in terms of the size of the collection, the complete story that we tell 
and also the quality of what we have in terms of those really rare significant artifacts you will not find this anywhere else in the world um, and we do have visitors come from all over the world to, to see it um, which is also again to Bellingham <laughs> right. but they do because um, it's just that different yeah so interesting I mean I'll be honest with you um, coming into this interview, I was just like, oh, it's an electricity museum. Um, what's that going to be about? Is it going to be interesting? And, and one of the questions that I sent you ahead of time was like, so why are you so interested in this? But I feel like that question's irrelevant now because you walk mm -hmm. in here and you're like, whoa, this is yeah. sweet. I mean, especially if you really can grasp the idea that, that these little things have led to what we have today. And there's mm -hmm. so many sort of intricate developments of really intelligent people over the years that kind of led to all this stuff it's obvious why there would be interest and mm -hmm. magic and and um all that sort of stuff to mm -hmm. to yeah. somebody and i think the other thing that makes that um kind of important make that makes that come to life is that when you a lot of people when they think about a museum they're like okay it's a place you walk around you see old stuff you read some labels and you walk out like that's kind of what they expect but when you come here um, you know, if you wanted to do that, you totally could, but there's no reason you would because we have interactives all throughout. So we have a whole area where you get to, you know, make your hair stand on end using static and make tinsel fly in the air using static or, you know, we've got telegraphs you can play with and phones you can call and you can get on a party line and <laughs> you can get your phone call interrupted and all that kind of stuff. And so it's not just a place you walk in and read, it's a place you walk in and do. Um, and you get to enter that sort of interactive space. That's great. Um, you know, I think that especially for taking kids, cause I have, I have three kids and, and, um, as we all know, STEM education mm -hmm. is becoming so much more important and relevant mm -hmm. in our job market. And so that's something that, um, that I think parents really want to get their kids interested in. Yeah. Um, I think this place probably would play a great role in maybe sparking that, that, uh, that imagination of that child. Yeah, definitely. And what you just said with imagination is really key to that. So you know, you're right, STEM is growing in significance and growing in push in terms of, you know, school curriculum and things like that. And so there is definitely a need for what I would call accessible STEM opportunities. And I mean that in a couple of ways. One is just accessible for everybody so that everyone can actually be able to afford to come or get here and that kind of thing. So that's one piece of accessibility. But the other piece is the content itself. You know, it's, it's fairly common knowledge, I suppose, that girls especially tend to drop out of their interest in science in middle school or around middle school. Um, and there's also sort of this misperception of science in general that's like, well, I have to be super, super smart and know everything and I have to be really, really good at math and, you know, some of those kinds of criterias. What we have the opportunity to do is break down that narrative a little bit and make science about curiosity and make science about creativity and discovery and imagination and all that kind of stuff. Because if you think about those original people who saw this stuff in the sky and studied it, this lightning, they didn't know anything about it. There was no math to learn about it. They just saw this stuff, got curious. And then the, some of the first things they created after that were toys mm. and art, nothing practical. Yeah. <laughs> it was creative and it was curiosity that really drove that scientific discovery. And so that's a narrative we really sort of we really want to make sure is elevated here because when I started here, I came in with a history background. I didn't like science. I didn't think I was good at it. And now here I am never wanting to leave this science museum because it's so important and it's so creative and full of life in that way.
Yeah, I love that. You know, I think that's um, that's a really cool thing because you can see some of those very first toys. You mm-hmm. guys have some of those on display. Mm-hmm. And I, I think to your point, you know, um, when, they, when we first started using static electricity, mm-hmm. we didn't have, you know, in mind that it was going to be used for like the advancement of our country as yeah. a whole it was just like all right well let's just make some toys and it'll be kind of mm-hmm. fun and all that kind of stuff so i think it's so fun to put yourself in that mindset to mm-hmm. say if you only knew what this would become <laughs> yeah you know exactly so, yeah that's awesome i'll say i understand that you guys have um a really big show that i guess mm-hmm. you're, you're really well known for yeah um tell me about that yeah, so we have our what we call our Mega Zapper show. And our Mega Zapper is a massive Tesla coil, one of the largest in the country. Um, that in Tesla coils basically we say we like to describe it as generating indoor lightning, for lack of a better word. Um, and so we have a show that we do on the weekends at 2.30s and Saturday and Sunday, um, where we kind of walk through this narrative in this really interactive show format. So it's a great way to, you know, get people who maybe aren't normally into museums sort of into this space, getting to interact with that. And the show is a lot of fun. We do a lot of, you know, static demonstrations, and then we transition into Tesla coils, where we're, you know, making that indoor lightning, turning on light bulbs without them being plugged in. And then our mega zapper is that kind of grand finale of we put someone inside what we call our human birdcage, and we, they're, you know, inches away from lightning that they can basically reach out and touch and be completely fine because science is a little bit like magic, but better. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. You know, I'm thinking about just friends that we have that come in from out of town and I've never Mm -hmm. recommended that they come here, but like, this is such an awesome place. I feel like this would be like, oh yeah, well you have to go to the spark museum because Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. sweet. And there's like this crazy (laughs) show that takes place. So yeah, um, definitely send all your friends, please. (laughs) I I love that. I love that. And, um, I also know that you, you walked me through kind of a newer exhibit over Mm -hmm. there. So probably even for people who are local and they've been here before, like Mm -hmm. there's some new stuff to see. And I understand, um, I guess I'll skip ahead to usually my last question, Mm -hmm. but going forward, what do you see as far as kind of developments for the museum? Yeah, we have some things we're really excited about. So um, one of them, you you mentioned the new exhibit. Um, We have so many improvements we'd like to make to some of our exhibit spaces. So that's one thing that's kind of on the docket as we find funding and support for those different things. But the one that's coming up that we're most excited for is we have a massively underused space upstairs. And what we are going to be doing with it over the next couple of years is fully renovating it and turning it into a really functional, fully interactive space. Um, So right now it's, you know, it's there with some activities on tables and things like that. But um, we really want to highlight some of these awesome, incredible concepts that we have down here in the galleries and turn them into these really accessible interactives that anybody can walk up to another great date space, but also a great space for kids um, so that they know what they can touch and they know what they can engage with. Um, So that's kind of probably our most upcoming thing. Um, We're just getting started on some of that planning. So um, we're really excited for that um, to be able to send, you know, whole family groups that have all ages and get them engaged with this stuff upstairs. Yeah. I think we were talking before we started recording, but you're like, you know, there's, there's, there's interactive things mm-hmm. here, but then there's certain things you probably shouldn't be touching. Right. So that'll be a whole on <laughs> yes. touch experience. Touch everything. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. I think another thing you just hit on that, that I think is kind of cool um, is that, you know, I think maybe some people think, okay, a museum, all right, mm-hmm. I'll take my kids there. It'll be good for them for their science mm-hmm. interest. But I feel like, you know, 
it can be both. This yes. is like a great date spot because especially if you get interested in this, you're going to mm-hmm. want to sit there and like think about it and read and like kind of try and mm-hmm. dissect the pieces and understand it. And maybe that's not the best with little kids like right. saying, all right, let's move on. I'm bored. So yeah. I feel like um, obviously there's a place here for um, all sorts of people. Yeah, definitely. We we do. We get a lot of people coming in on dates because it is such a strange space to be. Um, and it's, it's just a lot of fun. Um, and then we also even get places like, you know, businesses holding corporate parties here, like holiday parties and stuff like that. And, and, and making the museum part of that experience because it is so unique. You know, if you rent out our performance space, it's not just a room you get with tables, you get a whole show. It's like dinner and a show. (laughs) Like what more could you ask? Right. Um, and you know, the galleries and there is something here for everybody and kind of for every purpose. And that's really what we want to be diving into and making sure people know about is that regardless of your interest and regardless of how good you think you are at science or how much you think you like science, there's something here for you. Um, if you love music, this is here for you. If you love television, this is here for you. You know, all of those things are here and they're all part of that story that we tell. Right. You know, on music, um, you just showed me the theremin, Mm -hmm. which is, um, and I think it's really cool because you guys have like um, this thing that you can push the different buttons and you can hear recognizable songs Mm -hmm. that have this like strange like thing (laughs) in it. And you're like, oh, that's this thing. And it's like sitting right in front of you. That's how they made that noise. So I think that's really cool just as far as the music thing goes. Yeah. The theremin is definitely one of the more popular interactives because it just sounds so weird. Everyone likes how it sounds. Um, a lot of little kids will say it sounds like a dying cat, but if you know how to play it, it can be really beautiful or it can be really spooky. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Most of us have heard it at some point and just didn't know it. And yeah. so that's definitely one of our more popular interactives. Cool. Cool. Well, anything else that I haven't asked you that people should know about the Spark Museum? It's funny because in a lot of ways we've talked about it all, but I guess to just reiterate, like we really value being part of this community and we're excited to be in this community and to serve this community in the best ways we can. And so, you know, some of our favorite things are to do are to be here on the floor with people, which is an experience you don't get at a lot of museums. Um, We do everything we can to make your time here as interactive and personal as possible. And so we find what you're interested in and we love to meet you there. And so it's it really is kind of a one of a kind of experience here that you don't get if you go to a bigger museum somewhere else. And so, um, and of course the show sort of caps that off on the weekends with getting inches away from lightning isn't something you can do a lot of places and come out just fine on the other side. So just that we're excited to be here and we, we're excited to be open again and inviting people back in um, and we hope everyone comes soon um, and joins us for some of these big things coming up as well. Love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Neighbor to Neighbor, a community-driven conversation highlighting individuals and organizations making an impact in our community. Neighbor to Neighbor is produced by WeQ. Unless specifically stated otherwise, WeQ does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast, and information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement.